You're listening to Kingdom Focus, where we believe your fate follows your focus. I'm your host, Christy Gutierrez, and my prayer is that this podcast will guide you in allowing God to rewire your brain to start living with kingdom focus and intention in all areas of your life. We'll get real, we'll get raw, but I want you to feel connected and challenged. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, y'all. Okay, so today um, I'm reading in Luke. I just started reading in Luke today. And something that God is putting on my heart right now is doubting, doubting his promises. So in Luke chapter one, the very first thing, the very first story that Luke tells is about um, Zechariah and Elizabeth and how the angel Gabriel comes and tells them that they're going to have a son. So I'm literally going to read in Luke and then I'll kind of talk about things here and there. So before we get started, I just want to say a prayer real quick. Um, Jesus, I pray that this story opens the eyes of listeners who have previously maybe had their eyes closed. Um, I pray that you open the ears of people who have been deaf to hear what you have been trying to tell them. And I pray that you open their hearts to accept anything in here that you're trying to speak directly to them. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. It all begins with the Jewish priest, Zechariah, who lived when Herod was the king of Judea. Zechariah was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. I have no idea if I said that right. Do not quote me. (laughs) Um, His wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was barren. And now they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary and burn incense in the Lord's presence. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. Zechariah was in the sanctuary when an angel of the Lord appeared, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was overwhelmed with fear. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for God has heard your prayer, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You are to name him John. You have a great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice with you at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. But he must never touch wine or hard liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will persuade many Israelites to turn to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah, the prophet of old. He will precede the coming of the Lord, preparing the people for his arrival. He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, and he will change disobedient minds to accept godly wisdom. So I'm going to stop right there and go back. In this time, a Jewish priest was a minister that um, of God who worked in the temple to like help manage upkeep. But at this time, there were so many priests. There, it's said that there was about 20,000 priests throughout the country, which only one priest gets to enter the holy place at a time. And so that's too many people. <laughs> you, can't, you can't send in 20,000 people to the holy place at one time. Only one can go in at a time. And so they were divided into 20, 24 separate groups of about 1,000 per group. There's 20,000 priests. 24 separate groups of 1,000, and only one of them gets to enter into the most holy place. 
And so in verse nine, it says, as was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot. And that stood out to me because it made me wonder how often we credit chance to God's divine appointments. He was not chosen by chance that day, even though it says he was chosen by a lot, which is like drawing sticks. I wonder how many times in our lives we give the credit of God's divine appointment to, oh, that's such a coincidence, or oh, by chance I got this opportunity, when really, like, no, God is working in your life. And when we don't recognize that, we're setting ourselves up to miss God's promises. So then the angel gives him this huge promise, but I want y'all to notice something. This promise, yes, it's for him to have a son, which is something that he and his wife have been praying for. But the promise that he's talking about is all about John. And the promise isn't really for Zechariah. Zechariah is just the means to bring about the promise. And so sometimes in our lives, God gives us promises that aren't for us. And it just makes me wonder how we respond to that. Because selfishly, we want the promises to be for us. But oftentimes, God's making promises in our lives that are going to be for our kids or for our grandkids or for things that we haven't even come to see and we might never come to see. But it's our job to lay the foundation of receiving that promise for the generations to come. So what you do right now matters. It's so easy just to write it off and say, oh, that's not going to affect me. But that's selfish. What what promises has God given you in, in your life that aren't really for you, but without your obedience are going to cause a ripple effect in the order that he has in mind and maybe keep that promise from being fulfilled because you know it's not for you. Like you have a vital role in the process. And so how are you responding to that? So the angel says, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for God has heard your prayer. God hears you. It's easy to think that God doesn't see me. God has other things that he needs to worry about. Um, and so he doesn't see, he doesn't see me and my issues. He doesn't hear my prayers. He doesn't hear my callings to him. But right here, it says that God heard Zechariah. And so just to give you a little back, backstory, um, in these times, childlessness was seen as a curse because you have nobody to carry on your legacy. So at this moment in time, they didn't believe in a bodily resurrection. And so the only way that they could carry on their legacy was through children. So for years and years and years, Zechariah and Elizabeth have been praying for a child, but they're at the point now where they just think that they're too old to even bear a child. Okay, so the angel gives Zechariah this huge, wonderful promise, and this is Zechariah's response. So Luke 18, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I know that this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in her years. Zechariah lets his age limit God's promise. What physical things in your life are you allowing to block your mind to receiving God's promises? Maybe it's your age. Maybe it's your weight. Maybe it's your current job. 
Maybe it's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it is, don't limit God based on your own human perspective. He can do anything. And it's not going to probably be in the way that you are expecting. But don't let your expectation be God's limitation for the promises that he wants to deliver in your life. And so the angel replied back to him in verse 19. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. And now, since you didn't believe what I've said, you won't be able to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly come true at the proper time. Zechariah's doubt caused him to be unable to speak until the promise came true. And so how would it feel to be given this wonderful promise, but then you doubt, and then you are literally shut silent because of your unbelief. Instead of going out and sharing this good news, you limited God, so he's limiting you. It would be really hard. So Zech had spent these years and years praying for a child, and now that he's been given the promise, he's doubting. What have you been praying for for maybe weeks, months, or maybe years and years, and you still haven't received it, and you're still waiting on it? What is that thing? And if God came into your life right now and gave you a promise, what would your response be? Would it be to doubt it because it didn't come on your timing or in the way that you thought it would? Or will you accept it and trust that God knows what he's doing? If we want our prayers to be answered, we must be open to God's way which will be impossible and nothing that we can achieve on our own. If it's something that we can achieve on our own, it's not God. We need to be open to doing it God's way and God's time. So Zechariah and Elizabeth had been hoping and praying for a child. They did everything right. So it says that they were righteous in God's eyes. Despite not getting what they wanted, the child, they continued to live in God's way. I wonder... If they hadn't done that, I wonder if they rebelled because they weren't getting what they wanted in the time that they wanted, in the way that they wanted, if they had turned from God and tried to take things into their own hands, I wonder if God still would have given them this promise or how that would have turned out. Okay, so the next thing that I want to point out in verse 13 the angel says, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to name him John. Elizabeth and Zechariah didn't choose the name of their child. God chose the name of their child. And so John means God is gracious. And I love this because I think it has a two-part meaning. It would be really easy for God to take away the promise that he gave to Zechariah when he doubted. But he didn't. He, he silenced him. But he continued to move forward with the promise that he had given Zechariah. He didn't take that promise away and give it to anybody else. That's grace. We doubt God all the time. But God's grace steps in and continues to give us our promise despite our doubt. On top of that, the other meaning is that John was the pathway for Jesus. It wasn't just grace that God gave this promise to Zechariah and Elizabeth, but it's grace for us that God knew that this name means something. 
unlike our world today where a lot of people just name their child something trendy, names meant everything back then. And so I'm going to jump forward to verse 57 where John is born. So at this time, it's been nearly 10 months and Zechariah still cannot speak. It is even said that he has become deaf. So people are talking to him through gestures because God has silenced him. Um, So verse 57, now is the time for Elizabeth's baby to be born. And it was a boy. The word spread quickly to her neighbors and relatives that the Lord had been very kind to her and everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, all the relatives and friends came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. Here are all these people, friends and family, who mean a lot to Elizabeth and Zechariah. They're the people who they probably would go to to get opinions on things, to try to gain wisdom from them when troubles came their way or when they had a question. The opinions of these people mattered to them. And it says they wanted to name him Zechariah after his father because the custom back then was to name your your child after the father or after somebody in the family line. So their response when Elizabeth said, no, his name is John, was, what? They exclaimed, there is no one in all of your family by that name. So they asked the baby's father, communicating to him by gestures. So they turned to Zechariah in hopes that he would be like, no, like, we're going to name him Zechariah after us. Like, that's that's our family name. So all this to say that there are people in your life who will try to name your blessing based on their limitations and experiences. They see that what you have is good, and then they try to put a name on it for you. But God already put a name on this blessing. He said to name this blessing John. If God already named your blessing, he has a reason and a purpose for that name, and you should just stick with it. When God gives you a promise and he puts a name on it, and he has told you that this is what it is, don't let people in your life come in and try to put their limited human perspective on your blessing. Don't let them name your blessing. Don't act on the opinions of the people who are trying to name your blessing, even if they matter to you, even if their opinions matter to you. If God named it, stick with it. Despite ridicule, despite embarrassment, despite anything that might make you uncomfortable or make you feel self-conscious. Like if God gave you a name for your blessing, trust that name. So they turned to Zechariah and tried to communicate with him by gestures to say, what, why is your wife trying to name this baby John? And so this I love. So remember... He has been silenced by the angel. He can't talk because he doubted. It said that you won't be able to talk until this baby is born. In verse 63, he motioned for a writing tablet. And to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again. And he began praising God. So it took not only the birth of his son, but the admittance of 
Zechariah is saying that, no, his name is John. This is, this promise is from God. God named this promise. This is not of us. This is not of our own working. We're going to go with this. We're going to go this way, even though all of you guys think that we're crazy because of it. We're naming him John. And only then could he speak again. And the first thing that he did was praise God. That's amazing. Y'all, if we want our prayers answered, we have to be open to God's way, which will be impossible and nothing that we can achieve on our own, but it will be 100% worth it. So before you head out today, I want to pray for you. Jesus, I pray that whoever is listening to this right now, that you would enter into their heart and that if you're trying to give them a promise, I pray that you would never let doubt hinder them from receiving that promise. And when they do receive that promise, I pray that when you name it, they stick with it. They don't let a human perspective come in and distort the name or the purpose of the promise that you've given over their lives, but that they would trust that you have a purpose for the name. And no matter what, that that promise is unshakable, that no one can steal that promise, no one can alter that promise, and that that promise will be fulfilled. So whatever that promise is in their lives, Lord, I pray that you bring it to them sooner rather than later, in that you give them the faith to sustain the waiting. In your name I pray, amen.